0: Hello, this is the Makerspace Managers podcast, episode one. I'm your host, Will Bradley, and my guest today is Jeremy Leung. The purpose of this podcast is it's 2019 and many of the people running hackerspaces back in 2009 are moving on with their lives, but they each have interesting perspectives that I want to capture and share before it's been two decades and we've forgotten everything. And so in this podcast, I hope we're going to get to hear some tips and tricks and war stories from people who've been in the trenches of keeping these communities and shops alive. And maybe we can identify and use some of that in our own communities. I want to note here if you haven't listened to the Makerspaces podcast yet, or you're just looking for a practical guide on how to run a Makerspace, listen to that podcast first, even though they're not related to this podcast. They have a great organized system, and we're going to be more like an interview in this podcast than a guide. Getting into uh, a little bit of background about myself and my guest, uh, I helped Jeremy start Heats and Glabs in 2009. And uh, before that, I helped run a kind of IT academy and student-run tech support uh, organization in my high school. And I think that kind of helped me prepare for uh, leading this kind of community. Since Heatsync, I took about a four-year break after helping run Heatsync for about four years. And now I'm back in a volunteer role at Chimera Arts in California, and um, just working on my own personal projects when I get a chance
1: on the site. Um, well, uh, my name is Jeremy Leung, and uh, I'm one of the founders of HeatSync Labs. Uh, and the idea of HeatSync Labs came from uh, kind of an amalgamation of a couple things uh, in the maker community kind of coinciding, and um, starting at the same time. So, um, i uh, I come from a university called University of Advancing Technology, and uh, at that college, uh, we had kind of a local uh, hacker group that was a Defcon subsidiary um, that was uh, d c four eighty. And within that community, we kind of hosted uh, some local conventions that were all kind of uh, hacker oriented. And uh, from that, in collaboration with uh, the UAT staff, uh, we actually started a kind of mini uh, maker space of sorts um, within the, the college there. And uh, coming from that uh, and coming from that community of uh, collaboration and kind of working on projects together, I, um, when I left UAT, I, I still kind of wanted that, uh, a similar type of community, and uh we didn't have a, a space like that here in, in Phoenix. Uh so two of my friends and I uh from that that group uh decided to start something up. Um so that's kind of my background. Uh not an expert in starting nonprofits or uh or necessarily building communities like that, um, but uh but had the drive uh to figure all that stuff out and so that's kind of uh, my background there. So I've been with, uh, we started HeatSync Labs um, about nine years ago, um, nine or 10 years ago, and uh, have been with it through multiple different, uh, I guess, means of interaction throughout the year. So I, I acted as a board member um, and then uh, stepped back and kind of went into more of a consultative role, which is kind of where I'm at now. So kind of like hop in and and work on projects as I see the need um, or kind of like help uh, consult on uh, issues that pop up that might have been things that we kind of ran into in the past um, and there might be some benefit in, in having that historical perspective. So For sure. Cool.
0: Um, so uh, in line with kind of the reason that I wanted to get this podcast together, um, I kind of wanted to just talk shop about – You know when when you're giving advice to somebody running a hackerspace or when you're thinking about your time and and approach to making these communities and spaces work, um, you know what what uh, is important about that that we can, um, you know get on get on record and and share with other people. So, um, when when I'm thinking about that, one of the first things I think about is you're setting out and you and you're kind of having a philosophy behind doing what you're doing. Right. So, um, when, when you're, when somebody comes up to you and, and asks you for advice, you know, they're going to start up a space. What advice do you find yourself giving to these people who don't even know the right questions to ask? Um, and obviously not a, you know, super long answer, but, uh, what, what does your brain hit on? Like, you know, Oh, I need to communicate this to you. Um, if you're thinking about starting
1: up a space. Sure. Um, yeah, so one of the first things that I usually go to when someone approaches me is that uh, the space, you know, if, if they're the ones that are interested and passionate about this space, um, then they're the people that need to be, especially when starting up a space, uh, the ones ever present in the space, like they are going to be the lifeblood and, uh, and a space is going to be defined by them. It's a, Every every space is uniquely uh, based off of the community uh, that it's at and what it's required or, or what it's uh, what is needed in that community. Um, so you can't exactly go to another hacker space and completely copy their model and uh, and bring it to yours and have it work because uh, there's always going to be people that are interested in different things and you may be you know interested in you know something else you know. Uh, welding and metalwork versus, you know, 3d printing, maybe, or uh, software development or something. So uh, it's, it's about <clears throat> doing the things that you're most passionate about uh, within the space or not even, I don't really like throwing around the, the word passion that much anymore, but like, you know, the things that you're interested in, things that you want to tinker with um, and, and being ever present in the space. And, and that'll ideally draw in more people that are either interested in those things or want a place to be able to, to tinker around. Uh, and from that, hopefully you can kind of grow your initial group of people that, uh, can kind of like champion the space and, and grow it. Um, but yeah, those two elements I think are, are super important. It's, you know, be consistently present within your space. Um, if you're wanting it open to the, to the public, um, you know, post those hours and make sure you hit those hours, um, so that you always have that open for people to come in. And, um, and then the community will help define what is going to be within the space. Uh, and then from that, you know, you can go to, uh, other hacker spaces to kind of glean, you know, tips and tricks as to organization and both with, you know, community members and with, you know, the objects within your space, the, the areas within your space. So.
0: Yeah, totally. And so the other, uh, bit I wanted to ask about was when, so you, you've got a space going and you're feeling pretty confident, but then you hit that kind of one year mark where the initial programs and, and policies and ideas and and motivations that you had when you were starting out, um, you know, seemed pie in the sky, you know, the first couple months, but it's, it's that, uh you know one year mark 18 month mark 9 month mark whatever where um people are starting to burn out people are starting to feel lost uh you're not quite as confident anymore um we've all felt that uh what what do you think can help people get out of that rut um in your experience like reaching out or um you know going back to your mission statement for example yeah that's
1: that is definitely a tough one um i think like a lot of burnout that I've seen has been you know you you have a couple star i don't even want to say star players you you have a couple people that are have been hyper focused and have been putting a a lot of time into the space they um whereas traditionally like a hacker space would be maybe like a a third space or a fourth space for somebody, you know mm-hmm. you know first and second being like maybe family. Uh, or, or your home or, Work. um, or your workspace maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes people will kind of like edge the hacker space into maybe more of their second space and, uh, or, uh, or a strong, a strong third and start living uh, can, out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've, we've seen a bit of that, but yeah, it's in, in, in a certain amount of that, like I said earlier was like, it's necessary to get the thing going, but for the longevity of it, um, and to sustain yourselves, like it's, it's important to, to kind of like figure out that, that balance for yourself, um, to make sure that you are committing enough to, you know, help keep the community going. Um, but, you know, keeping conscious of like what you're able to sustain as well. And, um, part of that too just comes from a kind of like a, a collaborative education, you know, it's things that you kind of learn over time in working with other people on teams where uh, you, you figure out ways to communicate with those people that are, that are burning out uh, to let them know that it's, it's okay to mm-hmm. do self care. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to be able to to step back a little bit and, um and allow other people to step up. Yeah. Um some sometimes being so overzealous in in doing a task, uh people f- perceive that you you have it down and mm. you have um and that you might need help or it's not their place to step in or, mm-hmm. or to step up to take those tasks and um right. you kind of need to allow for that to to happen. And sometimes people need someone to see that from outside of themselves. To Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, do a one-on-one with them and just be like, hey, like you are killing it, but also you're killing yourself and uh, like, you know, take some time for yourself. Like, like uh, other people are here. We do have a community. Um, Yeah. Make sure that you, you can be here next week still (laughs) uh, helping us. Yeah.
0: Sometimes when the going gets tough, when you're, when you're first starting out, you're um, you're kind of locked in a death grip with your initial team, you know, like, okay, I got my five people. We got to put in the 501c3. We got to put in the, you know, first month rent or whatever. And, and everybody looks around the, the conference table, like, oh, this is it. You know, this is, this is what we got. This is the army we're going to battle with. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. Um, but then two months afterwards, that death grip is turning into like a death spiral, And kind of like you're saying, you need to give the freedom to let go, like the emergency is over, let's regroup, let's take care of ourselves. Let's not, you know, uh, break up and get divorced and, and, uh, neglect our, our home and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then come back. Um, this is a little bit skipping forward in, in what I was thinking, but I did want to ask, uh, are there, do you know of any other methods of dealing with burnout or dealing with, um, passing the torch onto somebody besides, Hey, I'm burnt out. I'm done. These are the things that are going to go away. If I, you know, when I'm not here anymore, somebody should probably pick them up if they need to be done. See, I'm out. Call me if you need anything. You know, is there a more elegant or inspiring or managed way that you've stumbled upon that, that can manage that kind of passing the torch process?
1: Again, yeah, that's, that is tough. I think ideally you would Ideally, we would all recognize that in ourselves and you would build that uh, you would build that up before you even have to pass the torch yeah you know you would you would find the people that you would trust that um that can you know do a process or or do certain tasks and um you know do knowledge sharing and and have them walk through the process on their own and Um, and step in for you a couple of times before it gets to a point where you have to completely shut off. Cause Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody that that happens to everybody, like we, we have, we have moments, other stuff happens in our lives. Again, it's not necessarily the first or second space for everybody. Um, So, you know, building in that, that knowledge sharing, I mean, especially since, you know, what is, it It is a hacker space, right? The whole one of the core concepts there is that it's you know we're getting people together to kind of share knowledge and to to work on things there. So yeah. uh, do the same thing with you know community organizing and knowledge sharing about you know tasks and processes within the space. Um, create a list of <clears throat> create a list of uh, what would you do it like a
0: like a how to, how to run this space kind of job. Yeah, that's what type. I was going for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So yeah, build that how this space works document mm-hmm. um, and share it with people mm-hmm. and make sure that it has all the stuff that is you know critical for this thing to stay alive. Um, and then, I mean, and you'll you'll find out, especially with these types of spaces, there's honestly not a huge list of things that need to happen to just keep it just going, you know, if you did the bare minimum, um, list what that is. Um, and as long as there's a couple people that are responsible enough to do those tasks, then, you know, the thing's still going to stay alive. And then, uh, when you get back, you got energy again. And, um, or, you know, even when, if those people hopefully were working on stuff as you were gone, maybe other people step up and they've got that energy to, to do those tasks too. So,
0: yeah, for sure. The next question I wanted to ask was: uh, We, when we started HeatSync, we thought a lot about kind of um, mission statement and applying to the five hundred and one c three to be an educational space, and um, you know, writing bylaws with a view towards all the things that could go wrong or things that we might need. But there were a couple areas where uh, we, I think, maybe felt felt a little bit short, even though we did sit down and, you know, try to follow Robert's rules of order and do everything the right way. Um, and the, the areas that I think I personally regret are we, I think still 10 years on don't really have an enforceable code of conduct. Um, so, like, when it comes time to say that this, you know, some person is um, behaving improperly or, or, you know, dragging the space down, we don't necessarily always have a firm basis of saying, like, this is this is the rule that was in place that you violated and therefore you're gone. Um, and I think uh, that has implications for uh, appealing and, and being a, a accessible space to people who aren't, you know, straight, white, nerdy men. Um, it, it, it can, I think if we had rewound and, and, uh, redone things from the beginning, I think I personally would have wanted to include, uh, in the bylaws and the code of conduct, like, you know, if the board gets taken over by a, a dictator, then what does a community have in their toolbox to use? Or if, um, you know, we have, uh, maybe, a. Uh, um, Uh, underprivileged demographic coming in and, um, they're upset at another longtime member because of some behavior issues. How do we correctly say like, listen, you know, it's, it's you, that's the problem or you, that's the problem and not just go off superficial stuff. Um, is there is there something that you think you would have done differently or or better or advice to other people in crafting that stuff? Because a lot of the time it seems like oh you're just paranoid you know you're you're writing this document for every possible situation that could go wrong, but in fact some of these things that people like you and me might not think about right away are actually quite likely.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I definitely wouldn't say paranoid. Like that's uh, you know if you're on Twitter over the last couple of years, you definitely. Well, many years, um, we've seen these issues pop up in several communities, um, and yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. We uh, that that specifically has been an issue that the community's had to deal with over many years, and we haven't had like a really good framework for that. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like uh, like definitely in the convention spaces that's being worked on, and mm-hmm. there's been more templates developed for that lately that could be used and evolved and um uh, but our, our our statement was pretty weak at least in our bylaws we were just basically saying you know no discrimination on and then had a listing of all the people think you know general mm-hmm. cases of things that we didn't want people to discriminate on but um actual you know actions like a template for um for dealing with uh, toxic community members um, over time has not been the case. And I Mm -hmm. think the way that we've handled it over time has been uh, trying to communicate to our community members that uh, this type of stuff can be communicated upwards. Um, And uh, but initially to try to, to deal with it one-on-one with the community member if possible or, if you see things like that happening within the space to, to step up and to speak out. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had board members speak one-on-one with those people that are, I guess, causing issues within the space. Mm -hmm. Um, And ultimately it's come to, I guess at least one member that we, we asked to, to leave, but it's always been wrought with, um, tension and stuff. Yeah. A lot of tension. Um, it's been, the process has been way longer mm-hmm. than it should have been, um, causing even more, um, I guess just toxicity within the community whenever, whenever that yeah. happens. Um, one thing when, I like sometimes, yeah.
0: One one thing I like from, uh the convention spaces, is uh, people, um, suggest that if you have, if you have the, uh, scenarios and rules and, uh, actions in place kind of in a tiered basis, you know, like, obviously you're not going to ban somebody the first time they hiccup, but, uh, you also need to address, you know, like, Hey, this is severe, or this is a repetitious, you uh, know, event. if you have that ready to go, like, uh, almost like a fire drill, you know, trained in place in people's minds, then there's no question and debate in the moment. There's just, Oh, wow. There's this person coming in here. They're behaving very oddly. We're going to, implement action plan B you know and it sounds like it's excessive but the fact of the matter is that it helps people um in the moment know what the right thing to do is with the backing of the community and and um and kind of the the vetting process of of knowing that this is going to be an appropriate uh, action to be taking
1: right like having and, and well having that layout that template in something like the organizational documents like the bylaws or something and publicly mm-hmm. accessible. And then also just consistently actioning on it. Like when something like that happens. Um, uh, and that's, uh, again, it's, it's not just going to be the drafting of that stuff, but it's going to be education for the, I guess the leadership, the, the board members, the the ongoing the, training. Yeah. Or yeah. In, in existing members or people that are, you know, the, that are taking care of the space for the day and stuff like that. Like, it's mm-hmm. you have to go through all of the people and educate them on that stuff so that it's in, it's a go to and that so that it's consistently right. being used yeah
0: cool um, um, and I know we're running out of time a little bit um, I think the last question I was trying to think of was uh, it can be hard sometimes for people especially you know I was very introverted starting out. Um, to, to communicate with, uh, individuals and, um, people from different backgrounds and, uh, large groups and, you know, be like an inspiring leader. Do you have any kind of like basic, you know, like thirty second uh, tip on, on just being that inspiring leader that, that, cause when I started out, I know I was not, and I think I've developed a couple skills, but hearing it from you, um, might, uh, might spark something.
1: how to be, how to be an inspiring leader
0: (laughs) going from zero to, you know, maybe not 60, but like 30.
1: Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I'd, I'd I'd call myself introverted as well, but I, I think what I've seen over time within our community uh, is that regardless if uh, people are more introverted uh, when it comes to things that you're really interested in um when you are talking about it you tend to light up I, I think most people tend to kind of light up and that that in and of itself is inspiring to people yeah um you know when you're when you're talking about something uh with with passion with excitement it's like that like people they tend to, I guess, somewhat like light up themselves. They they are. Um, it's contagious. Yeah, it's it, it gets to be contagious, um, and I you know I think part of that as well is, uh, is in crafting the space in a way physically, hmm. so that it's uh, it allows that, I guess, contagion to spread. So gotcha. you know, building in like family-style seating and stuff within a space so that people are, uh, I wouldn't say forced, but just like naturally are going to be sitting down beside several other community members. And those mm. people are, you know, lit up and passionately working on or researching the thing that they're learning about right now. And could be some total different area. It could be the same area that you're uh, looking into uh, learning. Making
0: but- it inviting and, and collaborative, yeah.
1: Yeah, but being surrounded by a whole bunch of people that are being, you know, lighting up on on their own subject is uh, again, it's gonna it's gonna spread. So I think when you when you talk about the stuff that you're you're really interested in or excited about, it's it's gonna light people up.
0: <clears throat> cool. Okay. Well, I know that's all the time we have. Um, thank you for coming on, and um, hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks. This has been Makerspace Managers podcast, episode one. I'm your host, Will Bradley, and my guest today was Jeremy Leung. Thanks for listening and please visit our website, which is makerspacemanagers.com for more resources and to subscribe for the next episode, which is coming soon.